Welcome to the Trash Cats Trashcast. I'm Richard. I'm Steven. And today we're running through Steven's metaphysical manifesto on time and our relationship to it. Oh boy, I'm very excited about this, but I, I also am quite worried it's going to be super cringe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, anytime anyone says uh, I've written a manifesto, it's usually I feel like the beginning of a of a bad story. Like it, that's where it, that's where it all started. This is my sweetest, kindest manifesto yet. <laughs> I'm quite proud of myself. <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward to hearing it. I did, um, as promised, uh, read up on some Time Cube stuff. Yes. Um, the problem is it's all bonkers, ludicrous bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's the problem with these manifestos. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, I mean, it's less, less of a manifesto, more of a uh, – Man with untreated schizophrenia, the rambling nice. about uh, theory, abstract theory. Yeah. I was saying, I was saying to Sarah, like if I wrote this manifesto a hundred, two hundred years ago, I feel like it could have been considered pretty valid or esoterically interesting compared to like some Crowley shit. Like I like Crowley, but half of it's trash, right? Yeah, like yeah, most of the shit in, in that realm is actually pretty bad yeah. but considered valid because it was the first of the ideas written yep. down like that you would it's have like, had the church mad at you for sure <laughs> but now you write something like this and it's like it's a very saturated market but, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's cringe dog yeah <laughs> <exactly. just> cringe. <laughs> but i think i have some fun ideas but first how was your week man all right let me go off real quick on people <laughs> who go out and buy fucking race cars Race cars, like cars that are meant to to expend a fuckload of horsepower and do some some real damage on the track. If you're not taking it to a fucking track, you're a goddamn idiot. Oh, you're For, not putting premium gas in your car. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not, if you if you buy a car that's supposed to, like, oh, it can go 200 miles an hour. It's like, where, when, when are you doing that? <laughs> When are you ever going to do that? But, dude, it looks so shiny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Until one person in a uh, parking lot hits it with a shopping cart, and you're going to have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on getting a replacement for your door or getting body work done. Dude, people are always like, somebody keyed my car. Who would do that? I was just at the grocery store. I would do that. Yeah. I, I am the motherfucker that keys all the expensive cars. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do is you go to the grocery store and you tie a bunch of keys to the side of the shopping carts and you just push them in between all the carts. Dude, me and my, my buddies back in the day, we used to collect hood ornament, hood ornaments. And That's like old school as fuck. The prized one was the Jaguar because they ma they started making the hood ornament retractable. Oh yeah, yeah. So if you could snag a Jaguar hood ornament, you were like the boss, right? <laughs> and we started tying them on bandanas. So like you could swing them at people. <laughs> and one dude I know <laughs> knocked out like four of some dude's teeth with a Jaguar hood ornament. <laughs> That's so fucking cool. So badass. So awkward to change. Just oh, so ridiculous. God damn it. it. Yeah, people with their fancy cars, it's it's just as dumb as people having a you know, a hundred grand truck and they don't do manual labor. Yeah, they don't they do nothing with it. 
absolutely yeah. nothing with it. They don't even have, have a boat that you <laughs> I guess we can get started now. <laughs> How was your week, man? Pretty fucking chill. I had a couple of good days off. I just saw Coheed and Cambria last night in concert. That was cool. Yeah, you said you had a lot of fun. Yeah, I haven't seen them. I haven't seen any concert since 2019, uh, as like most people. And um, it was really good. It was dope to get out. Plus, the venue is like right down the street from the house. So we could drink all we want and not have to drive. Hell yeah. I. You know, I'm not a fan, and I have to say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, fair. But I I do think they would give a great live show. Yeah, that's that's one for sure. Like, they, their stage show is fucking bonkers there. Um, I bet their vocals sound better live because it's, it's in the mix, opposed to, like, on an album, the vocals are stand out so much. Yeah, when, when usually when they do live, too, like, all four members of the band sing. So mm-hmm. you you get like really cool harmonics that you wouldn't usually get. Yeah. Uh, different effects and shit. So that's uh That's awesome. Pretty sick. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um live, live shows so different than a studio album too. Yeah. You know, that's actually one of the bands um I grew up listening to was Kiss. Um and my parents would always play their live shit. And I realized much later that it was the their live shit is way better than any of their like their studio albums are fine. It's, you know, if you're, you know, into that, that's fine. But like, it's a different you, energy. Yeah, exactly. They can yeah. tell they bring more umph to it when it's live. They bring it. more bazongas to the table. Um, you know, they did. I, I'm a studio album person. I, I, most live concerts I'm pretty disappointed by. But if it's like heavier music or intense music and they're good performers, it's, you know, an amazing experience. Leftover Crack Live was so fucking dope. And I saw um, Gigi Allen and the Murder Junkies perform. Gigi Allen's been long dead, but it was the Murder Junkies' last concert ever. Mm, I think and, you told me about that. Yeah, and all the dudes are like 50, 60 years old, and the yeah. drummer still got naked. And uh, like the cops like ended the show. Yeah. <laughs> it was such a good time. But like something like that where their studio album i probably wouldn't have liked much but yeah, live yeah. it's just such a you know intense performance it's a different right. animal i um i de- i never um i don't know i feel like i could get away unless i there, you know someone makes a recommendation they're like no 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 like their live show is like really dope and it's really worth it and i already like their studio album like there's you know their, their regular recorded music at least a little bit um I'm pretty sure, I, unless it's, I would go to see Between the Buried and Me again. I would go to see Mastodon again, it, it, or Coheed. Um, I definitely, I do want to see Buckethead. I don't know if he still tours. He's up so. in his fifties now. I think him live would be insane. Yeah, um, especially because he, he usually brings like different guests and shit with him too. So like Bootsy Collins might roll out or. You Dude, know, a I fucking saw, surge from System of a Down might show up. I set up a concert for Bootsy Collins one time. I forgot about that. Did you ever meet him? No. Now I the Gorillas were coming to Detroit. They are coming to Detroit, and I really wanted to go, but it uh, it's complicated. But I will say, ninety percent of rappers are dog shit live. Yeah, that was going to say Tech 9, I could probably be convinced to go out to it, but man, his tickets are fucking expensive. 
In Cincinnati, they're cheap as fuck. But he's the exception. And depending on the venue, uh, but, but I've seen him a couple times, and every opening act sounds like shit. And then yeah. he is crystal clear. He's like the only rapper I've heard live that is technically skilled enough to do a good concert. Like some will do good concerts, but the music, you can't understand what they're saying. Right, exactly. The bass is way too loud. The venue is sound engineered wrong. Everything. It's just like a, a party and not a. They, it's like most rappers don't give a fuck about the music live. No. And tech is not that way at all. Yeah. But, Fun stuff. Fun yep, stuff. cool shit. Um, so chill week though. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. How about you? It's been okay. I have been mostly chill. I've been kind of, kind of overworked. Um, I did eat Indian food today, so that's dope. I, but I've been going through this thing with art. I haven't put anything out in one of my longer stretches in the last so many years. Yeah, it's only been like a week or two weeks, maybe. Um. Maybe a little longer, but something relatively short. But I've been working the whole time on stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've actually like kind of finished a couple of things, but I didn't feel strongly about them. In the past, I might have been like very happy with it, but now I just didn't feel great about it. Mm-hmm. And I've been, as always, watching a lot of different media stuff. But I, I was listening to this one guy speak about how it's all about embracing the process over the product. Just enjoying the ride and to enjoy the experience and to have no expectations of your your finished product or uh, what that product might bring. And while for some things like this podcast, I may feel that way about with my art, I think that type of thinking of just enjoy the process, don't don't stress it, you know? Yeah. I think that's a trap. Like, I think that is bad thinking. If it's I feel like it's also it's hard to it's super hard to do. It is hard to do, and I think for some things it can be the right thing to do. But if it's the thing you're most passionate about, that means the most. Like no one gives a fuck about the art that was just okay, or art that was almost created but wasn't finished, or the unopened sketchbooks. Like all that matters is the product, and I think kind of falling into that. That trap of like, oh, it's okay. You're trying. Just enjoy it. Like, I feel fuck like that. Man. I feel like that works for people that are like trying to get into it. Sure, but I, I think you know, like you said, there's a there's a time limit on how like once you've once you've found a product, once you've found a thing that you are looking for, like you have, then it. I think it, I agree that it makes sense to transition your thinking to. Goal oriented, goal oriented. Yeah, and I mean, you know, different strokes for different folks, obviously. Yeah, for sure. But I, I just think it's a trap a lot of artists fall into, where it's like, oh, don't, don't be so hard on yourself. Like, you know, you're working, you know, you're making stuff. It's not the best. It's like that's that may be fine for a lot of people, and I've had to adjust my expectations a lot. You know, with new work schedule, new career. My therapist is always fucking telling me that she's like you just can't do all the shit you're trying to and i've changed my expectations and goals with art a lot but i'm also not okay with putting out stuff i don't feel strongly about and i'm you know i'm willing to like let time pass still yeah um but i have to be like 
actually going for what I want. I can't just be like, oh, I worked on a little bit today. It has to be like, no, I really, really try like my hardest. So I'm kind of back in that uh, no prisoners taken. And I, I've been, I was stuck on this piece for like a week and a half and I, I have it figured out. And now I just got to <clears throat> finish it up, grind it out, which is going to take more time than I would like it to. But I, I know what I'm, I know my direction. My North Star is, is realigned. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, honorable mentions. Got anything? Um, yeah. Um, I want to shout out to those goddamn trash bags that are all over the highway uh, that I complained <laughs> about last week. Uh, a few of them I drove by today look like uh, an animal had gotten into them, and oh, now yeah. there's trash all over the highway again. Fuck so yeah. you know, our, uh, you know that's just how she goes. And gotta love it. Gotta love it. You gotta be here for it. Hey, but you better <clears throat> recycle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you don't recycle, the earth is gonna burn. <laughs> Hey, personal responsibility, brother. Yeah. <laughs> it's on you. You can make the difference. Only you can stop forest fires, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, just dumping gas all over the redwoods. Just <laughs> Only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> uh, I got a couple. I didn't have time to get to all of them, but I got two interesting ones. So the first, we're going to play a song at the end of the episode it's a really cool one, super super chill, kind of dreamy vibes. This track is by, uh, it's by a rapper named Ant, A-Y-N-T, A-Y-N-T featuring Chaotic Steel, our, our homie, official rapper of the Trash Cats, Trash Cats. Hell yeah. Uh, really, really cool song. We're going to play it at the end. It's called Too Much to See. Uh, I also, I've been talking to Chaotic this week and he let me preview listen to the new album before it comes out in a week or two next couple weeks this month or whatever that's a celebrity privilege oh man it was cool man i felt really like uh honored to you know have someone value my opinion enough to hear it he just wanted an opinion on the vocal mixing and i wrote i got really into it i wrote a music review like a real reviewer and it was really abstract and weird which I think really fit. It's a very strange album. It's it's hip hop, but it's a, an atmospheric conceptual thing. It's very strange, and I enjoyed it a lot. Normally, rap albums, it's like you know you you skip the lame shit and get to the bangers. And this wasn't about fire tracks. It was about falling into an experience, and it was very unique in that. So I enjoyed it a lot. Fuck yeah. Yeah, Very cool. real, the song I heard was really good. Yeah, so uh, this this is it's actually separate from that, but this is a single by the rapper Ant A Y N T. Mm. You can find him on Instagram at A Y N T J T C, and then you can find Chaotic Steel on everything under Chaotic with a K K A K A O T I C Steel on everything. Listen to those dudes. Check them out. We'll post links, and then. Uh, since our episode is on time, I, I have one more honorable mention that's really interesting. So there, there's been this weird thing that happened recently. Is, isn't there always a weird thing that's happened recently? This one's pretty strange, though. So this is about Alzheimer's research. Mm. I'm, I'm currently looking at an article from science.org 
but <laughs> that sounds fake as fuck. <laughs> that science and nature are like two of the real, real big ones. But you know how, like, when they're doing research on a disease or drug, there's that early foundation, foundational research that kind of sets the standard. If you're doing a drug medication thing, like someone will discover this is how this drug works. And then other studies on the years past or the years coming, that future uh, research and development are done on that theory to prove it type of thing. Right, right. Well, it turns out some of the fundamental research on Alzheimer's was potentially fraudulent. Oh, wow. So this foundational research with Alzheimer's, the idea was that Alzheimer's happens because of buildup of a specific protein in the brain. Okay, that, that was that's the base idea. This is like 30 years ago. There were a pair of researchers, of neuroscientists, and in the last month, there's this AI that researchers use that scans medical documents and looks for potentially edited photos. Okay, so somebody okay. built an AI to scan medical research. And the original Alzheimer's research got red flagged. Oh, shit. And they found out that some of these photos of this protein buildup were very likely faked photos. And all Alzheimer's drug research since has been based on that. And they believe that is why there has been so little progress into understanding Alzheimer's dementia, brain disease, and the medications have been so ineffective. Wow. Major, major shit. Like, it, yeah, it's no shit. Very similar to the vaccinations causing Down syndrome stuff. There, somebody wrote a big paper on that, and the guy lied in all of his research, and today we still have conspiracy theories around that. Yeah. Now, there may be things to have to discuss around these ideas still, but when the foundational research is faked, it fucks all the science after it. Yeah. So, they have to go back to the beginning in a lot of ways. Now, this this information dropped like maybe two weeks ago. And since they are, there, there is some evidence that maybe some of these photos were tweaked, but it may not be as extreme as was initially thought. Mm -hmm. But now all of that is up for debate. So, there's going to be like a revolutionary rethinking of our understanding of Alzheimer's and brain disease and to try to find more effective drugs. It's very, very sad, but interesting in the sense that as shitty as it is for research and understanding to be set back by 20 years or whatever, it does mean there may be better ways forward. Yeah. In the future. Wow. Another, another potential example of what misinformation can do. And, you know, like you said, it, it could be that it wasn't you know, edited as much as, you know, you, we, you're made to believe from that, but. Yeah, it's still unclear to what extent. It, yeah. You know, it could be possible. It's all legit, but they initially, it was believed it was all faked. And now they're kind of trying to find out what exactly happened, but something fishy happened. But like you sure. said, that's still, that's pulling out a brick of the, the support there. And that's, that shakes everything that you gotta you gotta still go back to square one and and 
it's scary when you think of like how many things we believe as truths, whether it's medical or just social information, disinformation of things that were built upon lies. And then you have to figure out how to re-ground your your moral axioms and, and go back to, you know, the the truth base right. to rebuild. And it's in that way, only in that way, I can understand where people are like on the fence about shit and they're like, I want to, you know, research this on my own or like whatever. But it's like there are certain things where you're not going to – unless you get a medical degree and get into the field and start like legitimately doing your own research, looking up other shit online is not – Well, even testing like a, a company-approved drug on 100 people, yeah, that's it nothing. doesn't mean anything. That's nothing. Like, you need so much data. And that's why like in debates or like different news topics, there's normally only a handful of really good top-notch studies on a mm-hmm. given topic. And the people debating have to know those studies in and out because it's very hard for studies to get funded and to get like the highest level of information back. So it's just really interesting problems in, in the science research field i wonder how much it pays to be a lab rat not as good as it just go in and just like you mm-hmm. know put me on a put me on a couple months of the you know whatever whatever any drug give me some drugs oh i've i've looked at those a bunch and i've never been quite desperate enough to do them because you can't get high mm. while you're in <laughs> Like what? Well, good is I'm that coming doing? here to get drugs. What do you mean I can't get high? But I do know people that do that, or the you know the blood plasma hustles is is one thing, but the you know actually taking experimental drugs that gets yeah, that's pretty that's wild. Pretty seems quick. scary because you you basically sign all yeah. your rights away. Like shit can go very wrong. That's that's not cool, and it kind of preys on people in vulnerable scenarios to be willing to do it too i suppose if you also if you wanted to really be accurate about it you would have to keep like good records about like your diet and like your you know your blood pressure shit and like all of your like most of them are inpatient if it's any high level study there are some they can do outpatient like Mm, with different like uh, therapeutic drugs it can be outpatient or you check in every day or two but uh, any like high level experimental shit, you are in a, a clinic or hospital, basically. Which, you know, if you take a psychiatric drug that makes you trip out for three days, and you you know you're in a clinic against your will. Like, yeah. You know, hey like man, you get three hots in a cot. <laughs> right. That's all you need, right? Well, speaking of Alzheimer's and brain damage, you want to get through this? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this bullshit. Yeah, tell me. Manifesto. Tell me what I need to know about time. All right. Okay, give me a quick moment. I got to center my cheek. <laughs> <laughs> Heard vape. Smashes nicotine vape. Aligning right. my chakras. So, <laughs> this, I've been wanting to write this for a long time. So, being forced to do so kind of helped. So, just like a, I held a gun to your head. <laughs> Ricky threatened me for a week straight. So I call this the Time Star Manifesto. And I, I'm going to start with the preface. 
because I, I want to share this or potentially put this on some of the philosophy debate groups or forums. And those nerds, you have to, <laughs> you have to preface yeah. everything so it's not misunderstood. So I want people to understand this well. So I'm going to start with the preface. And, and by the way, this is the first draft. It's not fully done. I, I know there's one section I haven't fleshed out, but I have the ideas together. So I'm going to read this in full. From the top, preface, these are ideas, not prescriptions, depicting the nature of time and our relationship to it through an artistically metaphysical lens. This is merely my own conceptual experience. I encourage you to steal whatever you're so inclined and to trash the rest. Lastly, I wish you safe travels through your timeline. Godspeed. Time Star Manifesto. From which stars have we fallen to meet each other here? That is a quote by Frederick Nietzsche. Number one. So there are five primary points. And if you picture a five-pointed star, each point is a point on the star. So number one. Time is never late. Number two. Time intensifies. Number three. Time self-levels. Number four, time is to be. Number five, time concretes. So now I'm going to go through the points. Number one, time is never late. Our perception of the timeline is the timeline. Past, present, and future run concurrently. There is no destiny, only imagination. Number two. Time intensifies. The nature of time is unchanging, but our perception of time is not. The more time we experience, the faster we perceive it. Time sickness. This warping of perception is a biological process which our brain undergoes as a self-defense mechanism to help minimize suffering as our bodies age, and ultimately to aid us in accepting death. Number four. Time self-levels. Time is balanced, always. While time is the gateway to possibility, it is simultaneously the limiter. Each second of time we invest into something divides our timeline into alternate realities. These different realities hold different possible futures. Each second invested into opening one future in turn closes the possibility of another. With each loss, there is gain, and with each gain, there is loss. Number four, time is to be. There is no beginning, there is no end. Time always has been and always will be. Time is eternal. And while we may not be, the nature of our relationship to time is what grants our lives some level of purpose and meaning. Number five, time concretes. In the present moment, time moves like liquid. As we progress forward through our timeline, the past hardens, our memory fades, and the timeline crumbles. While these past fragments of time may still be experienced concurrently, they become too hardened to alter and too shattered to feel. There is no going back. Outro Time shall never hesitate 
to scar us, nor should we hesitate to scar it. Hold nothing sacred. This is the end of everything. The end. I like that there are... See, like I, I know you and we talk about shit, so I recognize a lot of your ideas and things that you've described to me before that are there and laid out in a way that I was going to say simplifies, but that's not even exactly what it is. It's, it both describes it and, and like makes, makes a, almost a law out of it. Yeah. It's, all kind of abstract laws. Now, what I do I do think you're kind of picking up on is there are some kind of contradictions. Mm. And what I will say is I'll show you, and but hopefully by the time we put up the episode, I'll have it fully fleshed. Can yes. you see that? All right, so that's the star. So the part that I didn't include reading is the, the time point intersections. So if each point of the star is one of the five points where each each line would be a different color and where they cross is the intersections of where those two points make merge and make sense together. So like point one, time is never late when it meets point four time is to be they they kind of the contradictions kind of work themselves out i have it planned in a very specific way that isn't fully figured out and it is super abstract but i i think i think some of the things worked out make I, I think they work well as as abstract. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I see it the same way, and, and there's a lot of it that I even agree with. That it's, I mean, I I like multiple. There's a couple different theories of time that I I like. One of which, you know, we talked about like string theory and like the multiple like uh, timelines and world lines and shit, and like I, I like that. Another one is like. Since time is a man-made construct, it has no meaning beyond like what a calendar is. Like, sure. time is irrelevant. Everything's the now. The history records we keep are are a. It's literally just that. It's just a historical record of the 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 past that was the current that was the present at the time, but time. Mm-hmm you know, on a universal scale doesn't mean anything. But this is a, I feel like a much more human and relatable way yeah, to look at because time. What I, what I feel like is the most important thing is not really the nature of time itself, but our relationship. Right. Yeah, and you, you did specify that. And that's, I think that's important in the way that of looking at it of, God damn, that was a loud ass boofing, car. Boofing, bro. Uh, <laughs> Maybe boofing <laughs> up <right>. the, uh, <laughs> the idea of, he see, he's running late. He's, his relationship with time is all fucked. <laughs> he's <laughs> fucked. The, I think the idea of creating, um, or not even creating, but, you know, um, transcribing ideas that are 
from the perspective of human is much more, I guess, necessary is the word I want to use. I feel like, you know, you can have scientific theories that are, um, or not even theories at that point, you know, like theoretical physics is like, it's all hypothesis shit, right? So having these ideas that come across and, and having people try to relate to it, but there's no relating to, you know, alternate, you know, uh, realities or, you know, or, or what is it? The, um, that's a bad example, but like, um, the fourth and the, or the fifth and sixth dimensions and shit like that, like that's unrelatable as a person living in our world, but it's. Yeah. I struggled with that, with string, the th- yeah, strength. Yeah. It's all just ideas and hypothetical shit. So it, it makes having something that is, it touches on not just experience, but feeling that you've had. That, yes. That we've all had as, as human. So what, what I will say to, to someone who may hear it and think like, oh, this is like woo-woo wackadoo, right? Is something I really respect in other people, right or wrong, is when they have their own unique mm-hmm. thought process. Like when they have their own system or idea or just lens to look mm-hmm. at things through. And I think not that... I think what what I've created here is particularly unique or like uh, important at all. But I think anyone writing out their idea on how something abstract or confusing or, or bigger than themselves works to kind of figure out that system for themselves, I find a really a really intriguing way to to learn about them and and yourself. I, I like the idea that even if it, it it's trash, that I've I've worked out a, a rough concept on how I think and experience my myself in relationship mm-hmm. to time, and I, I like seeing when other people have have those yeah. type of things. I, I mean, and I think I think some of your verbiage, I. I like you did kind of relate it to Crowley a little bit, but it's it's the it's just in the verbiage you use, I think. I don't think that it's it's it's, it's kind of romantic. Yeah, I flowery. think that the ideas yeah. that you're that you're, you know, showcasing aren't by any stretch of the ima- imagination of are like that far out there. It's the you know, the concept of I mean even even like, you know, time is never late. It's like the or the idea of like the past, present, future, like that's all. Yeah, it's, it's like it's shit like that. Like the, it all yeah. you know happens at once, kind of thing. Like that's the shit that like there are there are scientists that would you know agree with you on on some of these ideas that are you know not like so much agree with you, but they are like oh yeah this this is this shit that makes sense. It's not they they could ground it in even if it's not like a. It, science factually they could ground it in the in a scientific scientific concept of some sort where i can't so for me i kind of approach writing something in this vein as more of a creative poetic Mm -hmm. exercise more based on the on the feeling in part just because i'm i can't get to that deeper level of 
grounding. But and, and to me, I think it re- it breeds easy. To your point, sweet. You know, to your point as well. The idea of getting into abstract ideas like that and opening it to you know not uh, trying to like put it all out on paper and define it as it were in in whatever way the one of my favorites is and i think we've talked about it before even on here was like what is it what does what does it mean when you say something is like that means it doesn't just mean like you can there's webster's dictionaries chip like whatever but it's like to if something is it exists and like what does it mean to exist and then you have to like kind of break apart like the different like yeah what is the ontological yeah, nature of something what is the true nature at that point like existing doesn't mean what? that it is real or you know uh phys- physical and tangible it is a, it can be conceptual. It can be, you know, uh, uh, just thoughts or, you know, whatever. There's, there's for something to, to be is a, to hold another thing. So like getting into that. It is. Yeah. It, it is. And yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. And so like to getting, like getting into shit like that where you're describing Especially the way something – the way you feel about a thing in a way that is, you know, more scientific or in a way to describe it without the emotion attached to it where it's like – because you're not writing a poem. You're writing a way something works and it may be poetic but it's – you know, if, if the intention is to describe – a way that something works for you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's why in, in the preface I I feel it's so important to, to qualify like take what you can in, right. in general from yeah. things you like just take like there was this artist book I read at one point and it was called Steal yeah. Everything or yeah. something like that and it was just Steal every good idea you can from anything that inspires you and trash the rest. Like yeah, that's exactly. There are, so there are good ideas that come out of things. I always like to do that with religion. I always thought that was a cool idea before I even, you know, came to the idea of not believing in God at all. It was like, just take other shit from other, you know, like none of them have it right, but there might, there's cool ideas in there. There's little hidden gems like reincarnation. Right. Like that's, that's a cool that's, ass idea. Like how can you like make every, that work in your life view and like make that a fun thing that you can play with? Yeah, exactly. If, yeah. Even if it's not a, becomes a belief, but like every kid is almost like mystified by Buddhism. Yeah. Right. There's yeah. always a point where like a child learns about Buddhism and they're like, oh, that's so cool. And then like the idea of reincarnation captivates their imagination because you're used to like boring death theories, right? Yeah. It's like things like that. Even if you don't introduce it into your philosophical lexicon, you can at least play with the ideas. Now, so I think I think the preface the preface works pretty well. Um, I want to go through it, but I, I, sorry, I'm scatterbrained as fuck. Real quick, I do want to say one of the things that I, unironically changed my life a bit 
was coming across the INRI theory. Mm-hmm. I know I've yeah. m- mentioned it before, but to me, it was a theory that broke down the letters that stood for whatever on Jesus's cross, INRI, into a metaphysical equation. And it was I, re- I was like on MySpace at the time, getting into to metaphysics stuff and like mathematical shit that was far beyond my level with like chat rooms full of like weird adults into (laughs) into like like satanic rituals and quantum theory shit and i'm like reading these pages and I, i came across this theory some german dude published and it was so interesting because it it took a concept and an idea and broke it into it broke it into like laws or just like simple points that added up that when you read them, it added up to an idea and Mm -hmm. like distilled it. And to me, that is like enchanting, even if it's something I've fully disagree with to, I, I just find that so interesting, but real quick, before we do the breakdown, you you reminded me. I did write a poem. Oh, cool. Unrelated. Remember the salamanders and swans? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I used to write insane amounts of bad poetry, especially yeah. <laughs> especially in rehab or like when like my life was too fucked up and I didn't have access to do art. And I, I think I can write some okay stuff. But I like I like haikus and I like uh different like abstract formats but I, I typically just do like four stanzas something very simple so i was thinking about the salamanders and the swans this is a real real short one, but i think i think it's kind of pretty pink salamanders swoon to an aching song of the swans their bitter last notes burn long forgotten like stinging wounds now gone beautiful pretty little, yeah little I- dancing salamanders just Bobbing along to the dying swans. <laughs> I think I'm not sure if I ever described it to you like this. Um, I feel like I was showing someone your art one time, and it was like way back the Tumblr days. And it there was something. There's a, a few of your like writing pieces in a row, and we were looking at them, and I remember thinking of it as like they have like the stream of consciousness writing things. And I remember thinking to myself that it's a stream of unconsciousness. Ooh, I thought I, like it, I thought it sounded cool, but I thought it was a a fun way to describe a lot of your your older writings. Of you know, it was just like some of the shit was like completely like like unrelated shit to each other, or was like you know, it just sounded really hard, and it was like <laughs> so much of it. There's some of it was like related to. You know, or linked with a, a piece that you had just put up really well, and it was all different. And I thought that was really interesting. I've never been like a writer myself, and like I've, I've, on record of saying that like I have a fascination for things that I don't have a particular talent in. Um, I, I really do appreciate it when other people like excel in a thing, or at least even like show interest in like cool arts and trades and shit that I have no proclivity towards. So I feel yeah, that way about music. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone that can play drums, like dude, 
High five. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. You're cool as hell. Dude, uh, I have w- one poem. I might have to read on here sometime because it's seven pages that I wrote in one go. And it, I think it's like by far the best thing I've ever written. It was r- like a weird experience. Like I was sober, but I was like fucked up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like I was you like, know what I mean, man. <laughs> when I was like, not, I, I think it was one of those things where I hadn't slept. In a couple days. Oh yeah, and, dude. That's, it was a, like, that's a rough one right there. It was like a, a Bukow. What's his name? Bukowski. Bukaki. <laughs> it was Bukaki Bukowski, <laughs> and it just comed right out. <laughs> that, right. That's my other rap name. <laughs> DJ Corncob the Stalker. <laughs> with a corncob grill and a ski mask. God damn. <laughs> that's my fictional rap character. Right? That's really good. <laughs> I was gonna say, is that a real person? But that's fucking awesome. I wanted the big corn costume, just throwing <laughs> corn into the crowd. Just some like screamer claws beats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, <star. laughs> the corn cob grill. God damn! You get ones that got like. You got like you know your your you full pop them off. your full gold <laughs> your your full full gold set. You get the uh, you get some that's got like some looks like grill marks on it, and then or you, you could you get the Orville Redenbachers. <laughs> they could be raised really far, and you could like put actual pieces of corn in it. <laughs> <laughs> or like it was like a ring setting where you could put popcorn kernels in the grill. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I know you remember this. The Wheaties. Do you remember those doped out like drug dealer cars? Oh, yeah. I was just going to say. I knew. What was it? Frosty Mini Wheats, uh, Cocoa Puffs, and like an- I knew there was someone with a uh, Frosted Flakes one. Yeah, dude. It was all like one gang's thing. I was actually there one night. One of the dude's houses burned down and he's got his like- 60 grand frosted mini wheats SUV <laughs> gleaming <laughs> under the flames on the street. <laughs> these motherfuckers like pimped out these cars and did full paint jobs of cereal boxes. Uh, there was one that was a uh, Orville Redenbacher one and it said, Let's get it popping. Yeah, <laughs> some Cincinnati shit. That's some real shit right there. <laughs> so, apparently, the story I, I got the inside scoop on this. I had a buddy. And his name, I won't say his first name, but his name was Boop, put him in the trunk. Like, like the, <laughs> You've told me about this guy. <laughs> because this dude loved to put people in the trunk. His whole, he, he would be on the corner and he'd rob dudes by ripping off their back pockets of their jeans. <laughs> <laughs> that's cold as fuck. <laughs> Oh, god damn, that's real cold. But he lived next to the Frosty Wheats guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> and apparently it was like a group of dudes, I, some gang shit, but they would have all the pimped out cereal box cars drive along the highway in a caravan. So if the cops are going to pull anybody over, they're pulling out, pulling over those dudes. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, their dude's in like a Honda. Yeah, could, could move shit. the weight yeah. down seventy five. Yeah. Right, that's the move. That is the move. But you're in a fleet of cereal box painted cars. <laughs> that's so fucking funny. Dude. Yeah, so fucking funny. 
<laughs> it really, it really is. It's, it sets the target like, oh, like pull us over now. We are asking you, pull yes. us over. We're demanding, please. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Notice us. <laughs> Notice me, senpai. I'm trafficking drugs. Notice me. <laughs> Uh, some real shit. All right. <clears throat> Breakdown time. So I'm going to have you critique the points. So mm-hmm. I feel like the start, I feel like the preface is fine. I don't think it needed to be any more in depth or Yeah, short. no, I think that's okay. well put. I like the, the Godspeed through your timeline. Yeah. Nice artistic flair. All right. Point number one time is never late. Our perception of the timeline is the timeline. I do. I like that a lot. I absolutely like that. I feel that. I mean, you can get on the literal level of it of, you know, when when COVID first started, for example, this is a good example that's relatable to everybody. I remember everyone was talking about like, wow, like the month of the month of March has just gone on forever because it was like mid March when everyone went into like super lockdown and then it was like you live every moment like trying to figure out like what's happening. We're watching the news and it was like a meme for a while of like March has like lasted for four years (laughs) and April went by like nothing. And it's, it's, it's all about in your perception of like what's going on and like what you're doing in your life. And yeah, I think there's, you know, or the attention that you pay to something like we talked about, um, when you're driving down the street and like you're you're thinking about shit and then you realize like, oh shit, I've been driving this whole straight time. Teleported to work. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh shit, like uh when the fuck did I get here kind of thing? And it's like, oh, that's that's just because your attention wasn't there. Your attention wasn't on the task at hand. You were thinking about other shit. You know, you were plotting out what you're gonna do for dinner that night or, you know, figuring out how you're gonna get out of debt or whatever the fuck, you know? But that that being said, that affects the way that you perceive time. Yes. So what some what someone else might have said, like, oh, it was like twenty minutes ago that happened. You might say, like, oh, that was like five, five minutes ago or something. Yeah, I think I really, and that to me had to be the first point because I I think it's so. I I feel so strongly that we all experience time subjectively or individually everyone experiences it different and i i Mm -hmm. do believe for myself these rules on time may be a lot more true than to some people because i it's changed throughout my life due to like brain damagey shit a a lot like it Mm -hmm. it, and i know i know my perception has been affected by those things but if we Look at how a child, like an uh, uh, infant, a uh, toddler to a 90-year-old person, I think it would be impossible to say the two experience time the same way. And then if you look at like how an animal experiences time to a different person <clears throat> or a different animal, we all experience it subjectively. So I feel I yeah. feel like that had to be right or wrong our relationship to timeline is individual. So our perception is the timeline. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Especially with mental the, illness too. Sorry. Yeah. The, the, um, the point of it being about perception is another key thing of, 
I mean, I, I gave the, the literal example, but also the, you know, if you look at the, I was going to say metaphysical, but that's not the right word for it. The idea of what space time is considered to be by active theoretical physicists and, you know, uh, um, astronomers and shit like that. The, the idea of what time is, is based off of, I mean, we have our own construct of, you know, seconds, minutes, hours shit, but like what space time means is a very different thing. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the rules change depending on where you're at and what you're looking at. Yeah. State of mind, uh, brain level function. All right. There is no destiny, only imagination. Yeah. Yeah, I dig that too. I, I take that to mean th- the future is not set and time is the limit to imagination. Or, or, yeah. or, or our future is what we dream or scheme it up to be. Yeah. I, we're, we're also both on record of saying that fate is... Fuck fate. fate yeah. yeah, fate isn't fun, at least. It's meant to... Lazy idea of looking at life. Yeah. Point number two, time intensifies. This is kind of one of my, I feel like, more original thoughts that time may be stable or unchanging, but that our perception can fluctuate or is not stable. And that the more time we experience, the faster we perceive that. And I, I like to think of that as time sickness. The longer we're alive, the more time sickness we have, which farther increases the warping perception of our biological, physical experience of time. Do you mean that like like as you get older, it seems like time flies by really quick? Yeah, as we age, yeah. It, yeah. We, we experience it faster. So as we're going down the timeline, we keep going down it faster. And where that kind of ties in with is the idea of like the different timelines, past, present, and future may run concurrently, but we are shooting down our timeline faster and faster. And in one of the later points, time concretes, as we're going faster and faster, it's falling apart behind us too. And I just think the, the longer we're alive, the faster it goes as a, I, I, there's no evidence of it that I know of, but I really, truly believe that as we age we experience it differently as a means to protect ourselves from the stress the anxiety of aging and dying yeah yeah i like that theory you've you've told me that one before i do like that idea and i mean it, it goes back to you mean the idea of time intensifies even it goes back to the perception thing. It's like, as you get older, you've experienced more shit. Yes. And, you know, also you have more things on your plate, more things to think about than you did when you were younger. And and you, you know, have more memories that are storing up data in your brain that, you, you know, cycle through whatever it's, you, you process that time differently because you have a different perspective on it. And at, like, as a child, Everything goes so slow. And in a lot of ways, I think that's so you have more time to like learn and experience that. Like summer break as a like young kid was like forever, right? You know? Yeah. Or you're not going to be an adult. It was was somehow forever forever and never long enough. And then let's say you're, you're one years old, right? Every minute of your life 
is by proportion very large. Right. Opposed to if you're 90 years old, one minute is very small. So your experience is warped by that amount of time. And that factors right. into right. The, yeah. the time sickness. Time traveler sickness. It's the um, ratio. Yes. Ratio of your life. Yeah. Time ratio. Number three, time self-levels. Time is balanced always. So this is what I was I mentioned I was getting from a recent talk by Sam Harris. So if later I mention, so while time is a gateway to possibility is simultaneously the limiter. Each second of time we invest into something divides our timeline into alternate realities. These different mm-hmm. realities hold different possible futures. Each second invested into opening one future simultaneously in turn closes the possibility of another. With each loss, there's gain. With, with each gain, there's loss. So uh, in a recent Sam Harris talk, he was talking about how each moment you put into something, that opens a possibility, but it also closes possibilities. And I hadn't yeah. really thought about that too much. And if you were, let's say we're looking down, we're inside the timeline. Our timeline mm. is the big hallway. We're back in the big hallway, right? Mm. Let's let's say that hallway is full of water. The timeline is liquid. It hasn't concreted yet. We're in the present. We're flowing in the water in the hallway. Just a hallway filled, just a pipe. We're in a pipe now. <laughs> You're in a pipe, yeah. We're in the sewer. Each second or each decision, each action we make, that pipe branches off. Right. And it keeps branching each decision we make. And as time passes, you have you're getting farther away from the other realities that you have turned away from. Right. And you, yeah. you still might be able to get there. And maybe for some things, that's like, you know, you just got to walk back into the kitchen and grab the ice cream. You weren't all the way upstairs. And other things, it might be you spent 10 years in medical school and now you can't go be an architect or whatever. Like, right. Yeah. And as you keep going farther down those branching tunnels or pipes or whatever, behind you that is concreting and falling apart so i just hadn't really thought of the decisions you make as also decisions not to do other things i like i like also that it's not worded that it's decisions you're making because i feel like that's a bad way to describe the timeline shit to people in my in my experience when you're talking about like what what that means I like the idea that it's the time you spend invested in something because that it's, it's not an active decision that you're making when you're like, okay, well, I'm going to spend a little bit more time working on the computer, a little bit more time watching TV or, you know, uh, I'm going to take the scenic route home today from work or whatever. Yeah. It's, it may, it may not be an active decision that you are making, but when you invest time into something you are still making the choice to spend your attention there so it is it's an inactive thing that you are doing but it does it can change the outcome of what opportunities are open to you in the way that like maybe you decide to you know the extreme example of like maybe you decide to uh, have oatmeal for breakfast that morning instead of microwaving a pop tart like you usually do, and it takes you a couple extra minutes. We're going back to my oatmeal, oatmeal theory. theory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
it takes you a couple extra minutes to get to work that day. Um, yeah. So you're running a little bit behind when you usually would have. But right in front of you, you stop at a red light and a car gets T-boned and you realize, oh, that could have been me if I had Pop-Tarts. If you only would have prioritized the oatmeal over the pop your whole life. Yeah. <laughs> but it, <laughs> right. it truly is about priorities. Like we're all born. It's kind of like how your muscles are born in the muscle bags. <laughs> from <Yeah. laughs> We're all born with a time wallet. We have a mm. certain amount of time in that wallet. And each moment, each second of our lives costs a certain amount. And we don't know what that amount is, and we don't know what we have. But each second you're doing something, deciding something, enjoying something, you are spending time currency. And once Mm -hmm. that wallet's out, you're dead, and you don't know what things cost or how much you have. So each each moment, you're, you're making an active investment to one gateway and away from another and it's hard to know now, here's an interesting thing to think about now we're like i said we both just said the word not into the idea of fate but let's say you have your time wallet you don't know how much things cost but you do have a finite resource in there you have a finite amount of time and there's no way to know how much is in there there are things you can do to potentially, you know, prolong, right. you know, your your life, your experience. But let's say you are in that freak accident, you do get T-boned and you do get taken out. All of the things that you did to potentially prolong your life to to uh you know, spend spend your time dollars frugally wasted. That is the question, were those time dollars ever there to begin with? Was that ever your time? Is it a, is is there a factor of fate involved? Of not you know fate is the is a connotation. I almost didn't. I don't want to say no, that. No, I'm it's, with you. I would argue that moment leading to and during or whatever the the, the car wreck. Right. Instead yeah. of those other moments, uh, not costing time trying to prolong your life i would argue the moment of that wreck cost you a lot more so um skipping the oatmeal and going for the the pop tart that morning was a decision that costed cost you so many time dollars right or or spending you know spending the time whatever yeah is is what cost you the the time dollars right that from your your time wallet yeah. Now I, I'm on. I'm on board. Now flip. If you're listening and you're not on board, you're an idiot. <laughs> now flipping back, <laughs> how do you, we kind of skipped? How how do you feel? And then we'll go on to the next one. What do mm. you think of the idea of time being concurrent? That we can be past, present, future all at once. That we can time. We can time jump or experience time differently. I f- now, do you mean that in the physical way of if we were able to tap into a fifth or sixth dimension that we could physically do that? Or are you saying that in a more uh, – I, I would argue, right, or it, it's subjective in the sense let's say, let's say for most people it's not going to be physically going back to the past or the future right right but let's say you're super brain damaged or severely mentally ill and your brain keeps uh resonating on the past 
or some fantastical or delusional future. Depending on how subjective you take that, you can experience that as a true reality. So I would say, depending on where you are thinking, is where you are in your, where you actually are in the timeline, whether that is the same as what everyone else is experiencing as the the grounded or true reality is kind of irrelevant. So, for um, let me think of an example here. <clears throat> I was going to say with Alzheimer's. Cause that's a thing that like my, my, my grandmother did with dementia. She would ask about, you know, speak about her, her sister or mm-hmm. somebody that, you know, was, was, you know, had passed and would talk about them as if like, Oh, I wonder what they're up to. Like kind of thing. And like they died 20 years ago kind of thing. And it's like, Oh shit. But it's like, um, what's the, uh, what's the fucking, was it Adam Sandler? Uh, 51st dates. Where the girl wakes up every day and it's the same, you know, in her head, it's, you know, she live, relives the same day over and over again because she has like whatever short term memory shit that makes her, um, goldfish believe. brain. Yeah, goldfish brain. Of course. Where she's, you know, wakes up and it's whatever day and her dad or whoever like has a paper from that day and like just lets her keep living like that. Mm-hmm. Um, in her perception, it is that day, even though like years have passed or whatever. Right. So that I would say that is her truth, right? That is her timeline. But also, at least in that example, she is not living in the past. In her mind, she is still living in the present. Yeah. So sure. even if her perspective to an outsider it's the outsider's perspective that says she's living in the past in her perspective she's only living in the future right or only living in the uh, in in the present and the same same could be said about someone who truly believes that they are in a you know uh uh, in the future for whatever reason they in their perspective they the time period that they are in is still the present even if they were like, oh, I came from the past to this place now, they are still currently in the future or still currently in the present. Mm-hmm. Because whatever whatever time you are currently in would be present. So to a point of saying and, – and, and this is still circling back to like, to where it can support the, the, the concept of you living in – past, present, future, all at the same time. I like the idea of that being, it's still perspective. It's all about still, it's, it's, you're looking at whatever time you are in that's, that you said it stabilizes in a way that you, it, it doesn't, it is both reliant on the user and doesn't care about the user's emotion behind it. Right. If that I'm trying to that's I'm I'm looking for better wording for that. But there is a a a way that it makes sense that it is both let me let me go back a step because I, I, I feel like I'm I'm on the tip of something here. Of saying a thing that makes makes 
my perspective more easy to read. I'm I'm I have the lines drawn and connected connected some dots, but I'm not you got verbalizing it well. You got time traveler sickness. Yeah. <laughs> I do you want to think for a sec? I Yeah, yeah. I yeah. used to so for the longest time, especially when I was like on my extra crazy shit when I was younger, mm-hmm. I used to believe like my strongest fundamental belief above everything else was that the only thing that is real is how we feel. That our our whole physical reality could be the matrix or simulation or in a turtle's dream, right? It was all mm-hmm. irrelevant, uh potentially uh, fake, uh, we could be hallucinating, whatever, but our emotions were the only thing that were true. And I still very much resonate with that. But what I found is living that way makes it very easy to become lost because mm-hmm. sometimes we can't always, uh, we can't always find a, a fully true picture of something in our emotions. And I think while looking at time purely by our perception, even though it may not always be accurate, it still is our our most true experience. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of where I, I land with it. Even if it doesn't, even if it's a fallacy. That's so actually it's funny you just said fallacy because here's where here's where I'm I'm landing on upon thinking about it. So there is still a huge part of me where I had mentioned it earlier, the idea of like time itself is a man-made construct that we measure we're measuring things for our convenience. Um, like calendar shit, like the we're measuring the movement of the earth around the you know other things in its in uh you know the celestial shit that's near us that we just happen to be conjoined to via gravity inertia yada 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 yada. But the we are measuring it with an with a an instrument that we created ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's what we call time. And it is both very real and still both and still at the same time is I don't want to say nonsensical, but it's like you said, it's for us, it's for our convenience. Right. It is both very real in the sense that it is a thing. It's a, a a thing to track movement through space. Does God have a watch? It, right, exactly. Yeah, it's like it. Uh, How many numbers are on God's watch? Outside of human thinking, would animals believe in time? Would the the Earth, would stars, whatever? Would would a does God have a watch? Does any of it? We found a way to measure it this way, but that doesn't mean it's an inherent truth necessarily now there is this so so there is a thing with like of course animals like most animals experience it's not that yeah they don't experience time like we do they experience they they 
make their motions based on, or they make their decisions based on the uh, the movement of the sun and you know like the not the movement of the sun, the movement of the earth and. When the the sun's coming up in the sky, they realize, okay, it's morning. It's time to, you know, I need to go forage or whatever I need to do. And and there is a a a, a different study that bees can tell time, or bees have a internal clock. Mm-hmm. Bees they they tested this different ways, and it wasn't just by like daylight or whatever. Like they took a bunch of bees into a cave, and they had like the different ways that they tested this but it was like at a certain time they would react to a certain stimuli that regardless of light they knew right i remember that yeah 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 so there was a you know and there could be you know the forget how often they went into it but it was like there's certain things that like it could have been like a hive mind thing or like a trained behavior thing from other bees but it's like they they tested all these faults out of it, and it's bees can tell time. Yeah, or at least they have a sense of it's like time. It's like how birds have that magnet placed in their brain that allows them to fly south. Yeah. I'm joking, but that is a thing. Like their brain, they have well, they have full GPSs and cameras built in because birds aren't real. Yeah, birds aren't. It's just an extra <laughs> microchip they God put in the processing plant. But it, I, I yeah. get what you mean. Maybe that. You know, uh, birds don't – the time is inconsequential to a bird, but the, their measure – on their watch would be different uh, magnetic f- fields or waves, right? Like, yeah, like, like what are – like what's important time-wise to a bird? And it's like – like what's, what's a bird's timeline look like? First of all, different birds have different lifespans, right? Uh, you know, you got some like parrots and cockatiels and shit that live for goddamn hundred years, um, and then you have you know like sparrows and shit that don't, you know, smaller birds, whatever that don't live that long. They'll still have pattern behavior though, where they, you know, the, the especially the migratory birds that go down south and like they can tell by the changing of, you know, the weather patterns and shit. They pack up their shit and they they get the fuck on. And then they chill down there for a while, come back, build their fucking nests and shit, you know, uh, raise their kid throughout the summer enough to be able to make that trip with them. And then they teach them to do the same shit. So like, so they have like the, the seasonal pattern of like that we do, but like, what's their day to day look like? What's a, a year really look like to them? What's a, or, you know, like a goldfish. How do we know a bird remembers yesterday? Their timeline may be only what their brain allows them in the sense they don't go, maybe they don't go to the past or future because their brain cannot hold that. So their timeline is so subjective, it is only their now. I would mm-hmm. imagine that it's that way for a lot of animals, right? Oh, I, I do want to say this. I Apparently, there's um the whole thing about goldfish don't like remember like yeah more yeah. than 10 minutes or some shit that's apparently not yeah. true at all they can remember um like multiple faces for you know a much longer longer yeah yeah much longer span of time i learned another another weird thing about birds today actually <laughs> yeah let's let's hear about all it. right so new 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 bird law all right in the olden days 
there was a big worry that the world's population was going to start collapsing because we didn't think we would have enough food to feed the whole world, right? The population mm-hmm. was exploding. So yeah. there started to be wars over these islands that the birds lived on. And they were near, I believe, off the coast of the South Americas, right? Like Spanish mm-hmm. and uh, businessmen troops, where people would go to war over these islands, right? And there were these islands that were basically uncharted, very small islands full of thousands and thousands of birds that, that would stop on these islands on their flight path south or whatever. And yeah. these islands would basically be like a mini sandbar, right? But over the hundreds of years, it it turned into cliffs, like some of them like 90 feet high, 50 feet high, whatever. And it was all bird poop. And just like bat shit, it's, it's called guano. And, yeah, and yeah. there would be whole cliffs, little mountain islands of guano from the birds. Oh, wow. And this- Disgusting. Gu- dude, guess how much it was worth? Oh, uh, uh, a, a large fortune. Dude, every four pounds of guano would sell for one pound of gold. God damn. It was a one to four ratio for a long time because we- Super good resource. Yes. We didn't have enough food to feed everyone, but this guano was like up to 20% nitrogen, which was like yeah. unfounded. So it was used to make fertilizer and the crops would produce like 20% more food. So people were going to fucking war- over these bird shit islands to harvest fertilizer that would sell for like one fourth of the gold ratio. The shit to gold ratio was one to four until the same scientist that created Zyklon B used in the Holocaust and other chemical weapons created a way to distill, I believe, ammonium to make fertilizer. And so the same scientist that made, that was a German nationalist that made the gas weapons, chemical weapons that killed like hundreds of thousands of people in the same year, he, he created the chemical weapons after, like within the same couple of years as creating a way to distill nitrogen, which they estimate today, one quarter of the world gets their food from this man's uh, discovery. Wow. So he was high and he won like big science awards and people would protest him at the same time. It was a very conflicting thing. And he, he was very guilt ridden to some extent, but it may have been primarily after a dinner one evening. So he did this during World War One and World War Two starts. He had already got all these awards for making the fertilizer process to distill ammonium or whatever. And World War II is starting, and he converts all of his medical facilities to to solely work on the chemical weapons, including Zyklon B, for the Nazis. He wanted to, and he was Jewish too, but he uh, still loved his country and thought it was justified or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one day after a dinner with some friends, his wife 
was so upset of his obsession, his new obsession to to make things that killed people, these chemical weapons. Uh, she went out, she stole his gun and went out to the garden right after their friends left and shot herself in the heart. And then uh, he he eventually refused to continue doing the weapons research and uh, left the field and died of a heart attack. Wow. Very wild, though. Yeah. So um, weird. While we're on the topic, another good use of guano. Um, another thing that people use guano for is in a lot of beauty and makeup supplies. Yeah. Um, I read that in a Ripley's Believe It or Not when I was a kid. Believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Time is to be. This one for me was uh, probably one of the less important ones, less less subjective and more just kind of about establishing fundamentals. To me, this was probably the weakest of the points, the idea that time always will be, has no beginning for it. And and is eternal. Just mm-hmm. that our subjective experience of time is that time isn't reliant on our perception of it. I guess it was more probably could have gone earlier on, but I wanted to get the some of the more interesting ideas out and then kind of ground it with this a little. Yeah, later. yeah, that's a that's a good way to do that. You know, catch the attention first and then rein it in. Little little showmanship. Uh, yeah. The last line of it is, though, our relationship with time is what grants our lives some level of purpose and meaning. That without, if we were vampires that lived forever, nothing we, we do would matter. Or if it did, it would just matter a lot less. The The level of urgency or finite nature of time of those time dollars in our time wallet if we had infinite time dollars in our wallet how we spent them would matter a lot less yeah yeah exactly part of what i agree with that makes our existence so romantic and and tragic at the same time because it is so limited i feel that more and more as getting older it's like um Oh man, you just gotta pick and choose wisely because it's it is already gone. You know, like hey man, your thirties are your new twenties. <laughs> Dirty birdie thirties. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last big point, and then the outro. Time concretes in the present moment. In the present moment, time moves like liquid. We kind of talked about that as we progress forward through the timeline. The past hardens. And our memories will fade, and the timeline crumbles. Now that I, that I think is purely our subjective experience of time, but to me, right? And I feel like it's a bit of a universal, maybe not fully, but it gets harder and harder to go back to to flip back to the past or to to necessarily go back to the future is a little different. The future is fuzzy, but the past hardens; it fragments. We lose little pieces, and as it shatters, it gets harder and harder to feel. Going to the past gets more and more abstracted as the fluidity of time kind of concretes and crumbles. There's no going back. And it is a very subjective thing. I mean, even if you look at – we've touched on the memories thing before of like it's your recollection – 
of of a thing, your memory of of anything is not as trustworthy as you would think no. it is. Um, and the, I believe that in our, you know, in our current society where we do have, you know, you can take a video with something in your pocket, you can take pictures and shit like that, that will help to concrete those ideas in a way that helps it from fading, but it's still not a thing that you might think of on a regular basis. You know, you have different you know, standout events throughout your life that you're not going to forget, but you just don't think of them. And they do be- just become memories and they you, they do become reliant on you to recollect what it was or those emotions you had in that and then that frame. And it's, again, goes to the, you know, you are always in the the present thing the past is you know i i i i mm, there is some of a uh, uh, the the back and forth between the the past isn't real and then the past is it's it's in your subjective right like so you are living in the past when you not living in the past, but you are experiencing the past when you are thinking about it. Yeah. When you recollect those memories. Yes. Yeah. And then with that kind of goes an idea I've spoken before about as the past is meant to concrete. It is meant to crumble. Things are meant to fade because the idea of being able to, or forced to remember everything would be too painful for people to bear. We are we yeah. are meant to forget yeah. things. Forgetting is a a form of feeling in some ways. Yeah, you're you're you know creating space for new data. You know there are some things where you're you know you you might be protecting yourself from things. Guilt, shame. You know all the cringe shit you did when you were a kid. Oof. You know. Until it's, you know, bedtime and you rest your head upon the pillow and you just get comfortable and then you think of that one thing that you said to somebody in the seventh grade. You know, it's shit like that, you know, is a, is a prime example of it. But Some things are meant to be forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. So it's in m- many things that happen in your day-to-day especially, but like many things that happen in your life or you can, you can do without. Yeah. And then the last line of that, of the time concretes was, and this is the one of the contradictions. I feel like there's justifications, and I may have put it in purely out of poeticness, but there is no going back. And while, you know, so much of this speaks of concurrent time, being able to, to go back and forth, past and present, there is an element of while we can flip back and forth as it, it's ever ever moving onward yeah and that we can't even if we are experiencing the past it doesn't mean we can fully go back right and that there's a contradiction there i may have to find a an additional line to kind of ease that tension point a bit but well, poetic I mean, he, yeah here, here's also the thing is you're not writing a scientific law sure 
you know, this, this is based on experience and perspective. So I think that having those in inconsistency, if you will, is a character. Yeah, it's it's part of it. It's part of the experience because when there's so much that is inconsistent, and it, it's when it comes to subjective natures of things, you are you're you're you know you're flooded with inconsistency. You know when you're comparing, especially one's experience to another. To you know, someone else's experience of 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 anything, you're going to have a different a different experience, a different you know, um, it's the word I'm looking on on that. Uh, it's everything's inconsistent. So I feel like having that that rule, having a steadfast rule of having it be perfectly smooth. Yeah, yeah. I think that's incongruent with what's with with reality with uh with experience yeah and um and that's that comes that does still fit with science because what science is 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 taking things in the things that you you know can see and experience and you know whatever those taking those things and explaining them so i feel like still having that I mean, cons- consistency is key in science, but yeah, this I, I get what you're saying. I th- I yeah. think I think how this you know one of the the opening lines is how how past, present, and future are concurrent. I can flip back to a time where you know my brother is alive, where I I can mm. experience that. I can remember. All the dumb shit we used to do. And when I'm thinking about that, he he fully is alive. I am living those moments, right? And then as the manifesto gets to the closing, while while I can still experience that, there is no going back. There's think you can't change right. what happened. Yes. There there are hard gateways along the the time pipe <laughs> and yeah even if you can go back to experience things again you, you can't necessarily change them after too long has passed like someone dies uh, of an overdose right depending on the, the situation you have a certain amount of time like a heart attack overdose you have a certain amount of time to revive someone but the the farther down that pipe, the less chance there is of changing that reality. Not not every death is that. You know, death may be one of the hard gateways, but oftentimes you have a certain amount of time, um, and you can always re-experience the past as the present, or or um, a fuzzy reality of the future. But you can't can't go back all the way. Yeah. The the. The future is inevitable. The past is unreachable. The present is always. I also kind of thought of uh, the the past is solid, the present as liquid, and the future is gas for some reason. I don't know why. F- feels good though. Yeah. <laughs> Outro. I, I like this kind of a. I I do kind of want to re rewrite this a, 
uh, I like how po- kinda, poetic it is. The, but yeah, the kind of in conclusion. Yeah, time shall never hesitate to scar us, nor should we hesitate to scar it. Hold nothing sacred. This is the end of everything. I really like that this is the end of everything. And the idea of uh, time being so finite, giving it purpose, you know, time will never, has no conscience, has never will hold back from uh, marking us, nor should we hold back from marking mm-hmm. it. And because of that, and, and the, the passing nature of knowing it all, it all crumbles in our subjective experience that uh there's no point of holding anything sacred or or holding anything back because it's already over the 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 end's already here i i when i hear the this is the end of everything it makes me envision i envision a a fuse and when the beginning of time as it were was the spark of the fuse and it's it may be a very long wick it may be a very long fuse it may be that you know out outlasts you know us and every other living thing for you know for eons but the there is there is a it is a thing and it it will come to an end it has the the be the idea that it has begun means that it also has to end I will say, when I think of that outro, I think of that as our timeline, our relationship with the larger hallway timeline of time, but that time itself would be eternal. That's how I perceive it. Okay, yeah, I can see that too. I I think it's very uh, fair or a matter of perception that, you know, even time itself ends. God's watch has an alarm on it at some point. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's got apps on there. <laughs> he's got a, he's got a, you know, a little fitness app on there and shit too. You know, he's got to keep that, keep them abs in shape. Keep that heart rate up. Yeah. Keep, keep them Christ on a cross abs. <laughs> Eat fresh. <laughs> Eat fresh. <laughs> God brought to you by Subway. <laughs> There's actually a debate moderator that I listen to a lot that has a foot by foot tattoo of the Subway logo on his back. And he's in law school and runs this debate charity thing. And he has a massive Subway logo. And apparently it was part of a Subway promo they did. And they flew these people out to Las Vegas. And they had to get the tattoo a foot by foot of full color fill of a Subway logo anywhere on their body. Everybody did their back. And if they did, they paid to fly them out and everything. And if they got it, they got $50,000 worth of Subway, which actually doesn't sound like that much. Right. But for him, he said that is one full meal of what he would like every day, every other day for 40 years. And God he was damn. in uh, law school or whatever at the time. And he's like, why would I not do this? I will never go hungry. This is I have enough calories to yeah, live off this true. the rest of my life. 
but also how fucking ridiculous would that be yeah it's so fucking wild it's like the the dude that started renting uh space on his skin for different brands there was a dude that did a porn website logo on his forehead for like a hundred grand or some shit Hey man, I mean, dude, that's a that's a rough. That's one. a rough one. I was gonna say on your forehead, that's a rough. Yeah, one. it was like xxx.com on his forehead. It, was it like, wasn't even like Pornhub. It wasn't, it wasn't even, even a, like main, a good one. Yeah, you know the the Reddit um, the tile thing we looked at. What the fuck was it called? The thing we watched the the video of where they placed the tiles. Oh yeah, our yeah, place, the pixel our art. Place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a guy trying to. He's trying to get enough funding from different companies to do that with his back, where his whole back would be divided into a grid, one inch by one inch, and people could rent or buy those inch plots of his skin to put whatever they want. He's trying to do like every inch. Like if he could get enough companies interested, he could sell like each inch of the skin for like a million or whatever. I'm picturing like so many different brands that are like competing that get the, yeah. get that offer there and they're like fuck you what the fuck are you talking about no yeah. I'm good yeah and then the ones that are like on board are either like way out there like they're probably like maybe cool companies but they're still like like they both have the money and they. No morals. Don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the, the moral, the value is super low. And then there's going to be some that are like so desperate to get any kind of attention. See, that's the thing. Unless, unless it gets publicity. Like if you just yeah. put your tattoo on a random dude's back, you're getting no return of investment. Yeah. Until, until he's at the beach or. And what? You, know, you like, get, you know, three people to buy a foot long off of that? You know, yeah. like over that dude's whole lifetime, how many people bought Subway because of his tattoo? Not yeah. $50,000 worth, that's for no. sure. I mean, if I'm being honest, I could probably fuck up a Subway right now. <laughs> I'm pretty hungry. So that's that's the Time Star Manifesto. I feel, what, what's your overall A, B, C, I, D, F? Um, I, I'm, I'm saying A. I really like I'll it. I'll take an A. I need yeah. an A now and again. I, I feel I like it's okay. I feel pretty. I like feel. You, I feel proud of it. Yeah. Which I think which you, be you you polish it up. You yeah. know, especially since you you also do have a uh, um, visual aspect to it as well. Um, That's I think. Yes. I think you could definitely turn this into an S tier uh, theory. Going for the double S. Yep. Well, I I appreciate you exploring it with me. It's fun. Yeah, man. I'd say very cool. I want way better than way better than Time Cube. <laughs> I want to have. I was hoping to find some similarities I could I, I could exploit at your expense, but <laughs> I almost titled the last episode uh, "Ricky's Trash World Theory" because we joked about that. But I would like to see you write a theory. I mean, time would be cool too, but maybe on uh, a, another topic of your choosing to see what it might look like would be cool. Yeah, I. I mean, I've there are plenty of both philosophical and like physics and shit like that that i i like ones that i i don't even so much sub you know subscribe to but i like um that i've you know like we said you take things from everything steal from everything right yeah. so like steal little bits of this and i like the way it works with this kind of thing and it but the issue there is that i don't subscribe to them mm-hmm. 
So I feel like I have plenty of ideas to submit the, you know, I, I, I like, it's hard to say that I subscribe solely to certain ideas because I am very open to different ideas and information. I don't know. I could still, I could put something together. Yeah. Let me know if we could, anything we could have fun with it. Pops to mind. It might, it might be a couple months before I have free time to do that, but I already feel that before we close out, I heard one other interesting theory. I wanted to mm, shout out, okay. especially with all, you know, with all the reverse wage shit going on. Cause God, it has, the news has really sucked. I heard a really interesting theory that was new to me. Okay. This is an argument in attempt to shut down um, choose life for losers, right? So this mm-hmm. is a, an attempt to reinforce the right for abortion. The theory is that abortion should be considered legal self-defense. Mm. Now, the person with this theory broke it down into basically something similar to like castle doctrine in the sense of self-defense laws there are four qualifiers of bodily harm and i don't remember all the four but there were things such as like grievous bodily harm permanent damage threat to life uh and like something else right something like that and yeah. even with modern medicine most or a qualifying number of those are still very real possibilities and that's with our modern science and medicine so the any mother should have the right to defend herself from this child a, as self defense that's a very interesting perspective on that that i, I had had never considered before but that is right i mean it's more valid than plenty of arguments i've heard what's really good about it is the people that are you know choose life fucking losers they immediately go to the rights of the child that this child before it's even born should have the rights of a full human being then why Mm -hmm. should the mother not have the rights of the self-defense laws to protect herself from this other human being it's very congruent with a lot of established law in the sense that it could help justify. I don't know. It's just an interesting uh, change of perspective and potentially a good way to combat these arguments in the future. Yeah. Fresh. Mm-hmm. Good ways to justify baby murder. <laughs> Subway, eat fresh. Subway, eat fresh. Eat fresh babies. No old babies. Yeah, don't get those old Benjamin Button boys. <laughs> Only the freshest. Well. <laughs> that, <laughs> I was going to say, that's where all the, uh, I can't, couldn't think of what they're called, the um, stem cells. That's where all the good stem cells are at. Them good fresh babies. Yeah. Did you know we invented broccoli? <laughs> Dude, we, broccoli came to, we invented broccoli in the Americas. Like, I think it was 1800s. Okay. I was going to say, so when you late. say we. <laughs> Me, myself. I went back in time say- <laughs> using my time manifesto. I avoided time sickness and I created broccoli just for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it- <laughs> you picture you go through. 
I like attach <laughs> some stick or some leaves to a stick, and I'm like broccoli. <laughs> like, like, yeah, we have that. It's over here, and you're like, I invented that. <laughs> I cross blended a giraffe neck and a carrot, and I created broccoli. <laughs> and, then, and then a bunch of people got really upset with you, and a bunch of uh, uh, some other shit happened. And the, but you were like, but I made broccoli. Like, we have plenty of broccoli already. <laughs> they tried to burn me to the stake. You're welcome. <laughs> time traveled back to the present. Oh, God damn it. I think we're going to get out of here. Before anybody stops listening, we got a really cool song by uh, Chaotic Steel and Ant. Uh, it's a track by Ant featuring Chaotic called Too Much to See. Check very them good, out. Very chill. Yeah, check them both out on Instagram. Very cool stuff. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Thank you to Approaching Human for the use of his music. You can find his work on SoundCloud at Approaching-Human. Make sure to check out the show page at Trash Cats Trash Cast on Instagram for news and art from the show. Check out Facebook for the memes. For the memes, if you're super bored, you can check out my trash art on Instagram, which I am fighting the good fight to get up there ASAP. And uh, I think that's it. Uh, thanks thanks to the, the homies. And uh, next week, freestyle. And then we got, yeah, we got, we got some, some cool, cool ideas. Coming up. It's going to be all for us today, though. Stay classy, eat trashy. Go fast, eat trash. Too Much to See by Ant, featuring Chaotic Steel. Ain't no fucking around. No, ain't no fucking around. No, we ain't fucking around. Ain't no fucking around. No, we ain't fucking around. Too much to think about, I need peace Do this for me, my wants and needs are both aligned I cannot waste my energy You never satisfied, I cannot bend and break my spine for something Make pretend, I'm who they searching for when lows arise Allow me to refocus you again Got the avenue I come from, rooting for us Who grab the truth without no truth and force Got them asking how to do, react so rapidly Cause my attitude is strapped for war You can't understand the fabric of my cloth You don't know the half, the half you know is lost I'ma show my soul through all these words I draw Had to find my G before I press record didn't notice when I stopped being depressed Dropped another heartfelt joint from D-Quest Now I take a long walk, think about what be next Yeah, refresh, take me off your radar Cause it needs to reset And I'll be damned if I had a sweet step Knowing people walk around needing love and respect Too much to do, too much to see Too much to think about, I need peace Do this for me, my wants and needs I'm overnight, I cannot waste my energy I am the one, the only one, the chosen one I froze the sun and hopes the system freeze Put demon homes from angel bones stand alone On this mountain, victim, victory A mystery, ain't it? Series of unfortunate events left untainted By my poison, but the side effects of the cure Get your brain, lift the range By the method of how I bring the pain K-A-O-T-I-C, steel On the wheels of steel, two outcasts On the brink of this, this thing is real Got mad holes on my nerves, bitches, fuck how you feel Am I an animal for rapping with this? Am I a animal? Am I a alien? Fuck a mankind with a mandible Laughable, why would I trade a life when I am the jack of all? Heard a little Uzi vert, call me a little introvert. You think the gods think your little universe protect us all through my speech? Fuck who shooting first, pay for your sins, but don't pay for the students' hurts. Hey, false taste, wake up every morning with another beat to slay. Homeless with a heart, I'ma have a place to stay. Always and forever, I have never been okay, I promise.